0: Welcome to the Corner of Hunter and George, episode number 13. Corner of Hunter and George is a Peterborough arts program where we have interviews with various members of Peterborough's arts community and all the various mediums that we are rich and alive and well with in this city. And this is going to be a topic that I've wanted to do for quite a while, the Spark Photo Festival, which you can find all the information about on sparkphotofestival.org. Uh, before that I'll just say in the corner of Hunter George you can pick us up on Apple and Spotify hopefully I'm going to soon revive my SoundCloud account and you're going to hear from the director of the Spark Photo Festival Jennifer McKenzie she's going to talk about the pragmatics but we're also going to get into some ideas because this program is not simply me interviewing and giving out the practical pragmatic information yes that is part of it but we also are spewing out ideas spewings maybe the wrong word sharing hearing each other's ideas on the various things to do with the form of art that we're talking about today photography and also other things to do with uh, photography in general And so we go into the micro, then we go to the macro, and that is what I try and do in every program. The micro, the macro. So Corner of Hunter and George, this is number 13. It's about the Spark Photo Festival. It's just beginning this month in Peterborough. It's on all month of April of 2022. I'm going to speak with Jennifer McKenzie. Enjoy.
1: quiet one here too she's she's not gonna make some noise but the beagle always finds it when he hears especially on zoom he thinks Mm. somebody's at the door so he (laughs) goes running and because they say hello and he's like oh somebody's here to visit right
0: well we'll just consider that a natural (laughs) occurrence if that happens so yeah well Well, thank you very much for being on um i uh i guess i've taken uh, an interest with uh photo festival uh this this year in particular for a few reasons but mainly because i sometimes am at uh peterborough public library where i've seen people putting stuff up this week and that's been uh, right yeah and also i was there when um things were exhibited in the fall i think that was like late september or something there were yeah that. we sort
1: of had our our scaled down version of our, uh, our of our 2020, 2021.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so, yes.
0: Yeah. So I was going to start, um, if you can give sort of a history of uh, a Spark Photo Festival, like uh, when it began and who was behind it and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I'm just going to, I'm going to open our app in case I need to refer to anything. So, and, I, and I've got my, my brochure, so I don't right. forget anything as well. Okay. Yeah. Anytime.
0: Yes. Yep. Whenever you want. Yeah.
1: Sure. So the Spark Photo Festival uh, was kind of thought up in 2012. Uh, apparently, um, our fa- one of our founders, uh, Bill Lockington. Um, avid photographer, and uh, he connected with Robert Boudreaux and Mickey Renders, also very avid photographers in the area. And I think it was just sort of a friend of a friend mentioned things to each other and uh, said, there's really not enough places to exhibit photography. Peterborough has such a strong arts community, visual arts, performing arts, um, music, but there really wasn't venues to display photography on a regular basis. So they kind of had a basically just met over a coffee and and had a brainstorming session and and said, you know, what if we just use existing places uh, that have walls and, you know, start this festival? So uh, that's how the the germ of the idea turned into the to the big spark. Um, And they decided on uh, April because it you know, there are so many things going on in Peterborough area um, throughout the year. So they wanted to to sort of pick a, a quieter time uh, and then a, a time to also draw more interest out, out into the community because, you know, we we all know it, the summer has so much going on and in the winter people kind of tuck away, but but April was sort of that, you know, hmm, there's not much to do, but people want to get out. So yeah. it turned out that it, it was a great fit for for April and they started out, uh, with the very first festival in 2013 and uh, we actually you know it, this is our ninth year we we missed a year in there but uh, this is our ninth year so we're looking forward to our 10th year next year.
0: Okay and you've I, I see like I guess along the years since it began you've picked up a number of sponsors and things like that that have helped helped it Keep it going and everything. Yeah.
1: Yes, we we rely solely on, on sponsorship and funding. Uh we have um City of Peterborough uh investment grant has uh, you know been a longtime sponsor. Um we we apply for that, you know, sort of every three mm-hmm. years and they've been a, a great supporter. Um they see the value in, you know, attracting um visitors to the city and and to support the the businesses and the and the artists. And um we LLF Lawyers has been a, a long time sponsor. We've had lots of different various ways of getting sponsorship. Sometimes it's um, we used to have a catalog and they bought ads in the catalog. Some people just sponsor a certain exhibit. Uh, We have student exhibits sometimes. So, you know, different companies want to sponsor the students so we've really been so fortunate to have you know corporate sponsorships small business sponsorships and also patrons and donors so we have individuals that that just love photography and love the arts and want to support something so we are very grateful to our, our patrons and uh, and our donors and then this year um for 2022 festival we were fortunate to receive an Ontario Trillium Foundation grant so for the mm-hmm. Community Building Fund and 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 that was for COVID relief, and that has been an immense help, um, especially because we didn't want to put a burden on on the small businesses um, and uh, and the people that have been, you know, sort of struggling for the last couple of years. So that uh, that funding from the Ontario Trillium Foundation really has has given us a a hold on on making it through this, uh, this difficult time.
0: Okay. And geographically speaking, like it's, while the main point is Peterborough, it certainly expands a lot, both into Peterborough County and the Quarthas. Has that always been the case or is that? Uh...
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I believe it, mostly it was Peterborough um, for the for the very first few, I believe. And then we've expanded. We actually cover uh, all of City of Kawartha Lakes, Peterborough County and Northumberland County. We don't have any in Northumberland this year, just by happenstance. But um, we it's the RTO8 is the travel tourism area. So we we can spread out all all through those uh, three areas, which is really a, a very unique thing. We're actually the largest regional festival in Canada.
0: Oh, wow. That's uh, that's OK. I didn't know that. That's impressive. Yes. Yeah, so. um yeah, because uh, to cover, I guess every if you wanted to go to every spot, you'd have to you'd have to do a bit of driving. But that's that's I guess shows the uh, like um, yeah the the depths and. Uh, Uh, the quantity of it like you're saying right yeah this
1: this year um sometimes we have more than one exhibit in a venue so sometimes like the Peterborough Public Library that you enjoy Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. there's actually four different exhibits there so you can hit one location and see four different exhibits there's actually eight photographers involved in that one so um you know you you can do kind of a more condensed uh version of the of the festival or you can go far and wide we've got Lindsay Fenland Falls Buckhorn, Bob Cage, or no, not Bob Cajun this year. Um, Buckhorn, Bridge North, Lakefield, Keene.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: then the rest are in um the city of Peterborough.
0: Right. Okay. Now I guess in a reference to uh because you just had your awards ceremony, I guess, on Friday, this past Friday, April Fool's. Um, yes. you know, just before I get into specifics of that, so the theme of at least the people who were up for the awards was of this year's festival. My correcting saying it was like a monochrome kind of theme for this year. So yes, and and what was uh, is what was the uh, the thinking of the theme of that for this year.
1: Well, our, so that's for a specific mm. exhibit. That's called our mm. themed juried exhibit. Okay. And that one is actually open to Ontario photographers. So anybody mm-hmm. that's a resident of Ontario. And each year we, gather, we pick a theme, we gather submissions. Mm-hmm. So photographers can submit up to three images. And when we get all of those images in, then our jury. So we have three professional photographers or arts um, jurors. They select the top 25 of all the ones submitted to go into the theme during exhibits, exhibit. So they get printed and exhibited on the wall. So one of the things we've been watching is trends and, um, you know, on social media, on Instagram. And uh, I was kind of, you know, kind of perusing. We've done different themes. Last year was nourish. So it was kind of a food theme. They've done shadows, reflections. So sometimes it's a photography technique. Sometimes it's a subject. One year it was family life. So this year we decided we would go with a technique, and it was, you know, I was watching Instagram and watching sort of you know popular photography and monochrome and black and white is really really made a resurgence. Um, You know, it there's sort of an old school technique, but it it really uh, challenges the photographers to capture light and shapes and patterns. And it, it, you have to capture so much in your subject with only the grayscale or only blue or only sepia. It could have been any color, but it had to be just sort of different hues of that color. So it's a, it's a, Quite a challenge for photographers um you can't just take a picture of a pretty sunset and and you know rely on nature to to be be your show so um you do have to focus a lot more on the, the focus and the scale and the light so that was why we chose monochrome and it was a huge hit with the hmm. uh, with the entrance we had a record number of entries
0: oh that's great that's uh and uh we might talk a bit more specifically about some of those uh, that came up in just a moment, but uh, I guess on a bit of a wider scale, um, what is something um, I think that you individually really value a lot of as about photography as, as an art? What, what do you think are some of the greatest components of photography?
1: Well, I'm, I'm sort of a passionate hobby photographer. Um, I, you know, and then I'm a, I've been a fan of photography as art. Uh, I really like that there, there's no limit to the subject. There's no, um, you know, it could be a photograph of a paperclip on a table with a cool shadow, and and that can be your subject of your photo, or it can be something, you know, as simple as you know zoning in really close on a bird's feathers, um, or it can be a beautiful scene. It can be a person. It can, and, and it it just this the subject matter is so varied. And there's something for everybody, you know, and as far as photography goes, uh, you know, I think that's a part of spark that really attracts people is one style of photography might not be your style, but There's so many different exhibits and so many different styles that there's really there's something for everyone Um, from the photographer standpoint. I think, you know, capturing that moment in time, capturing that feeling um, that, you know, if you are in in a certain place or seeing seeing people laugh, um, you know, wedding photography is one of those things where, you know, you can look back at those wedding photos and remember that feeling from that day. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the photography does to capture that, or the time that you are out and and you know wildlife like you know the the beaver just came right up and, and looked at you or something, you can ca- capture that moment in time, and it and it brings you back to that when you look at that that photo, and um I and I think there's also you know the creativity we find especially with digital you know. Um, people do overlays people do digital compositions they do digital painting of photographs so you are using the photograph as a as a base and a tool but you can you know really turn it into a work of art so Um, even you know and it's it's a very different skill like I I say I wish I could do watercolors but I can't so I take photos (laughs) Um, you know my my hand skills at watercolors are are not something and and maybe with practice you know it would get better and just with photography you you get better at you know at capturing things the way you you know have it in your mind's eye but um, but I think Photography also is so accessible so children can do it. We actually had entries in our um, juried exhibit. We had an 11 year old enter and oh, uh, wow. looking at the images, you would never know that it was an 11 year old. Um, we have students, we have um, it, it, uh, one fascinating um, exhibit we have is the Brain Injury Association of Peterborough Region. They're doing their eighth exhibit. And these are people with acquired brain injuries. And they can express themselves. Sometimes they can't express themselves verbally, but they can express themselves through photography. And I think that is just so amazing um that they can be part of art and culture and the community through their photography when probably they're very limited um in in a lot of other facets
0: yeah that's that does seem quite um magical is there is there anything else you could say about uh the uh eleven year olds uh, photographer um, entry into your exhibit like what it what exactly was she try to capture in her photos uh-
1: um they were they were actually quite um different from from each mm-hmm. other one of them um i remember it, it was uh, i mean there was there was 257 entries so um mm-hmm. you have to forgive me if i don't know if remember exact details um yes. but one of one of them it was um a girl flipping her her hair out of the lake so it was wet hair and it was flipping back and um the the water spray was um you know spraying out and it was it was quite a, a great capture it didn't make into the exhibit i was a little Appointed, but I wasn't a mm. judge. Um, yeah. But it was called "Lake Care, Don't Care," and um, and I thought that one really captured I mean, because we're in the Peter on the Corthas, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was really a, a sense of place. It caught it it captured a sense of place and a, a sense of time, and and uh, I thought that one was um, was quite neat, and and I loved that the eleven year old had the patience to sit there and capture that moment. Mm-hmm. because you know it's one thing if people are sitting posing and smiling for the camera and you know a, an 11 year old snaps the photo but this one she obviously had to time it she had to watch she had to wait and she had that vision um of of what she wanted to capture and and she did and and uh with the motion of the of the water spray so I thought that really um you know was was quite significant um from an 11-year-old, particularly.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, I I, I do, uh, yeah, kind of really agree with, like, one of the magic of photography is accessibility for everyone. And certainly that's been really emphasized in our day and age of both digital and social media. Um, I guess, coincidentally, while this is on, I've been trying to uh, read uh, Susan Sontag's essays from the 70s on photography and I guess what she's saying in them among many other things is kind of like uh there's something that humans value about like in photography about the appearance of something before the experience itself or how it's kind of detaches yourself from reality but it, it um there's something like there's something really um experience in that like it's it's something we put like almost more value on the picture than the real life experience so i don't know i don't know if you really kind of agree with that kind of assessment but uh this is obviously before the internet but yeah
1: and and i was gonna say that's actually very interesting that she Mm -hmm. made those comments in the 70s because we have you know very much in the world of social media you know I mean we all we talk about the you know the Instagram versus reality and Mm. uh you know the dog dog pictures you know particularly because you know you've got the dog posing perfectly and so Mm. innocently and then really the reality is there's a mess on the floor and um you know the dog's a blur and, and and things like that or you know children the same same thing people you know um how they portray themselves on instagram and how their their real life is and that's really fascinating that 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 was evident in the 70s um and i th- and i think that is part of you know, maybe the less attractive thing about photography, um, that people feel the need to put on, um, you know, a false, um, exposure really, uh, of what, you know, the, the moment or the, the day or the person, uh, is and, and kind of doctor it up for the, for the, um, photography, um, that people sometimes criticize, you know, Photoshop or Lightroom or any of the other, um, you know, photography enhancing tools that, digital enhancing tools because you know well that wasn't really what that scene looked like if you've blotted out things you didn't want or you've enhanced the color you've enhanced uh, you've you know sort of uh, altered it digitally so there's definitely detractors um from that and you know I, I think to each his own really and and it's what um what the artist wants to portray so you know if an artist is painting a picture um and they've decided that you know the tree that was really in that actual scene interferes with the picture they just don't have to paint it so Mm -hmm. um so nobody's going to criticize them for that. So photography is, is um, you know, if you look at it in the way of an art, um, you know, and the artist wants to portray the the final image in the way that they want, you know, I, I think that's okay. I think honesty is important. Um, I don't think anybody should sort of send in a photo or, you know, or show a photo um, and pretend it was reality. But. Um, even though they've doctored it and, you know, pasted things together and, and things like that. So, so I think honesty is, is important in any kind of art and, and, uh, and photography, especially, but I think really it's, um, it's, if we look at photography as art rather than just a capture, so a capture of a moment in time or photography as art. So I think there's sort of a, a delineation um, there that, you know, some people don't see because they think of photo. And and when you shot on film, um, you know, that was necessary. If, if that's how it looked at that time And and, you know, but they could, develop film with darker or lighter tones. Um, You know, there was some alteration there, but you're in shooting on film. There wasn't the option to, to change the actual scene or the subject very much. Now we have that, those options, but you know, I I think that's the artist's prerogative.
0: Okay. And someone who's uh, quite, maybe quite naive, but are there still people who are using kind of like a, in a non-digital sense, like a dark room kind of format to their, photography like i don't know and, been, yeah yeah
1: absolutely um one actually our one in our exhibit um we have the thomas a stewart secondary school students right their grade grade 12 film photography uh students have art on the walls right now at Ashburnham house and they're they shot on film they learned to develop the um photos in their you know in their darkroom class and they framed them and and printed them so uh printed them and framed them so uh, you know absolutely it's still being done and and I think um I think it's actually I wish I had learned um I mean I shot on film you know back in the day but I sent it off and it got it developed you know at mm. Black's Photography um right. I wish I knew how to do it um And, uh, and it's maybe, maybe I'll take that up in my retirement is learning how to develop film. But yeah, there are absolutely people um, in our area. And, and, uh, and some people are doing it, you know, as sort of like a little side hobby. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, because it's certainly time-consuming and Mm -hmm. um and the beauty of digital is also you can take 100 shots and you know maybe you get that one that one money shot um whereas film it it takes a whole lot longer to to discover if you actually got the right shot
0: (laughs) right right uh and one uh I, sadly, almost every interview I do, no matter on what topic, uh, I, you have to mention COVID. I hope that stops one day. But I guess I have to mention yeah. that the, the last couple of years you've done it online and ver- uh, pretty much. And I guess if, as sort of a comparison between that experience and going back to doing it in person. <laughs> like well,
1: yeah, having, well, them, having
0: them in yeah yeah the physical so,
1: presence yeah well and, and it was interesting because i had only come on board as festival director in september of 2019 so i was gearing up for our first festival and it was march and we were opening in three weeks mm-hmm. and i looked at the the news and i called the board together and i said i don't think we can do this um we were supposed to open on april 1st and photographers had their images ready and printed and framed and, and we had all of our materials printed. So it was a shock to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, okay, well we'll put it off for two weeks. Okay, well we'll put on, you know, it was, it was uncertain, obviously. And we we wanted to honor all of the work that the photographers had done. So when we realized that, you know, things were not going to go back to normal anytime during April, um, we made the decision at that time to postpone to the fall. So we said, okay, hold on to everything, everybody, we'll do this in the fall. Um, And then um but we'd already had our juried exhibit you know we'd had people enter so we wanted to you know keep something going we wanted it you know I mean we we use the term spark a lot but um we wanted to keep the spark alive because we didn't <laughs> want people to forget about it and we also knew people needed some distraction at that time so we did some virtual online exhibits mm-hmm. and um we used an adobe um program that that we one of our exhibitors had recommended and and it was great because I could put together these visual galleries so because we have all the photographers submit promo images so I had these you know catalog of beautiful images so we were able to do some theme um exhibits so I did one for Earth Day and we did one called Connection and uh so that was really and then we did one for our juried exhibit so our juried exhibit that year was called Motion and and um, so we were able to have our process, have our judges pick their top 25, and then we had them printed already. But what we did was we did an online album and those got thousands of views. So we mm-hmm. were really pleased. And what was really kind of fascinating for Spark from, you know, Peter Corthas we were far reaching, you know, with our our virtual exhibits. So there was people around the world, you know, seeing our exhibits for, for, you know, the first time ever and learning about Spark. So we've actually grown our audience, our online audience immensely, um, which I think also helped our juried entries. Like I said, this year we had our, um, we had 88 88 photographers enter, 87 or 88, I lost track right now, um, from across Ontario. And, you know, last year, I think there were 50, So, um, you know, it was really uh, amazing the, the number, um, of new people that have found us because of our virtual presence. So we did that for 2020. And then when we realized the fall of 2020 wasn't going to work, then we pushed it to April, 2021, that wasn't going to work. We finally ran, um, part of it, yes actually a significant amount of the exhibitors, you know, came through because they had their exhibits ready. So we did the festival in 2021. Um, I don't know about audiences. That's one of the mysteries of Spark because things are just in existing businesses. So we don't know mm. numbers particularly, but um, we, you know, people loved it. People were happy to get out and and, um, and it, they were all in businesses that were open anyway. So, so it was fortunate timing as far as September. So we did have, you know, a, a smaller scale festival, in September, 2021. And then now we're, we're, absolutely thrilled to have the full festival. We're having events called meet the photographers um, where, you know, photographers will be present at their exhibits. So um, people can go in and those are all on our website and our app. We have an app called Tarika um, Mm -hmm. and we have a, you know, spark photo festival is featured on there. So you can actually get all the information about when the photographers will be at their exhibits, the hours of the opening of the exhibits. And um, that part is so exciting. Exciting. We were hanging our showcase exhibit, so that's one that Spark puts together, and I curated it along with um, uh, Heather Doughty and Janice Matthews um, and some assistants from local photographers, and it's called Peterborough Then and Now. And so we have historical images from three museum partners. We have Lang Pioneer Village Museum, Peterborough Museum and Archives, and Trent Valley Museum that contributed historical images from late 1800s to the 1950s of Peterborough and surrounding area, Peterborough City and County. And then we matched them up with the current visual at that location so some Mm. people had um, images already and I contacted them on Instagram saying hey do you want to be part of our exhibit and then others we sent photographers out saying can you take this picture from this angle of this building and uh, so we could get the matching of then and now we were hanging that at the YMCA the Balsilli family branch on Thursday It was so cool to see how many people just stopped and looked and watched us and like, what is this? What is this for? That is so cool. I remember when George Street looked like that. And to have that in-person connection, have people, their eyes light up, they get so excited. There's something different to see, um, you know, that in a place, you know, at the Y, they go there every day or they go, you know, there three times a week and all of a sudden there's this brand new, you know, um, attraction there. And, and the fact that um, you can sort of see the reaction and, and have people enjoying it, you know, sometimes you get a th- thumbs up on social media, or you get, you know, a nice comment. Um, But Seeing that in person and having people, you know, um, delight in in seeing the art is really, you know, that's priceless. That, and that's what Spark is all about because, um, you know, there wasn't a place to show photography, um, you know, very much in prior to 2013. So now that's what this festival really is all about is, is the people, you know, enjoying and appreciating the art and honoring the photographers that, you know, do these wonderful, wonderful creations and, and have now they have a place to put them.
0: Yeah, no, I'd say that's one of the greatest things about Spark, I, I think aptly named too. I, I've seen a lot of personal observations of people who maybe don't know anything about Spark or don't even think about it when they're in a certain business or building, but they just stop and look and are just totally immersed with it, even if it's, you know, for 30 seconds or sometimes a lot longer. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing about it, that it really grabs people in a way that I'm not sure like a, other people art forms quite do as much anymore but uh yeah in yeah. a visual in a visual sense anyway yeah it
1: is and and I like I like the surprise factor um you know I always say it's it pops up in expected and unexpected places so mm-hmm. um we have one at uh the pet store a village pet supply in Lakefield and mm-hmm. um somebody told me they had an exhibit and it was all cat's eyes so it's close-up photos of cats and and uh and I she said but you know I'm looking for a venue and I'm like hey what if about a pet supply store because you know pet lovers will love it and then other people will go in there and and so it you know nobody's expecting to see art when they go and buy dog kibble but um now they can
0: <laughs> yes yeah i actually i saw that one this morning just i guess because i'm a bit of a cat lover myself but i just yeah i saw that one you really caught the the different emotions displayed in the eyes uh, of the i think it's five different cats they're quite uh yeah quite telling. yeah, in, yeah. The,
1: in the exhibit there's even more um, mm-hmm. so we just have the few samples yeah, yeah on our website and on the app we have some sample images but definitely get out and see the exhibits because people just send us a few and then um one of the exhibits at Activity Haven there's over 60 images they've got 16 photographers and they're all seniors and mm-hmm. uh, the oldest is 88 and wow. um many of them are exhibiting their work for the very first time so imagine taking that leap at, you know, 70, 80 years old and say, I'm going to exhibit my photography. And, uh, and that exhibit has over 60 images in it. And that's at activity Haven Senior Center.
0: Okay, that's, that's, that sounds great as well. All right. Um, and now another exhibit, I know this one's from this year, I don't know if say anything about this one uh, but uh, it just caught my attention I was looking at it I forget the photographer's name but it's called oh you pretty things Uh, yes yes uh, I'm not sure exactly where that one is is staged at at the moment but uh,
1: that's that's at Black Honey so that's on the walls at Black Honey and that's a photographer named Loretta Meyer Mm-hmm. And she's a Korthus photographer. This is her first exhibit. And she is a First Nations um photographer, you know, person. Mm-hmm. And and a fine art photographer, still life photographer, portrait photographer. And she, yeah, called me up. This is her very first time with Spark. So she called me up and, and um, you know, said, how do I do this? And I said, you you know, we find you an exhibit a venue. Um, she knew of, you know, Black Honey. She loves it there. So she says, that's perfect. I always see art on the walls there. And I would love mm-hmm. for my art to be up there. So, and she, her exhibit is, oh, you pretty, pretty things. Just basically teaching us there's, there's beautiful things all around us and you just mm-hmm. have to stop and look and, and appreciate them. And sometimes I think we forget that, especially when there's so much dark in the world and there's so much on the news and so much heavy, heavy information that we're absorbing every day that, you know, stop and look. And she's got this one um, picture of an old stone building with a, a barn door and it's just, it's beautiful. And, and you, when you look at it, you think, oh yeah, well, you know, that's a beautiful building. And then you think, how did they build that out of stone? How did, how does that wooden door still standing after all these years? Who lived there? Who, you know, you think about, things just from that one photo and so at first it's a beautiful photo and then you know it get it you can sort of absorb yourself into thinking more about that photo and um, I think that's what we all need uh, right now is, is sort of some kind of distraction. And and um, I think, uh, you know, and s- certainly if you go and have a lovely have a lovely sandwich or a lovely coffee and, and you get mm-hmm. to experience some art at Black Honey while you're there, that's even better.
0: OK, and we've you've kind of mentioned one I was going to talk about as well, uh, the TAS exhibit at uh, Ashburnham Ale House. Now, is this the first year? I guess you've done things with the high school, or
1: no? Ever they've actually been um, since the very beginning. We actually just got a message from Sydney Hosker, who was a teacher at TAS, and she mm-hmm. sent me some photos. They're going to be our Throwback Thursday post on next Thursday, of the very first year. So in 2013, the TAS students they're filming photography they did pinhole photography mm-hmm. so pinhole photography you know is very old school and um that was their exhibit and it was called at a space called gallery in the attic And uh, so that was the very first year and TAS um, photography students have been involved every year. Usually we have a best of high school um, exhibit, but just with all the tumultuous things in in the high schools in the last couple of years, we haven't done that one. But we hope to bring that back for next year when things are more settled. And yeah, the student exhibits are always wonderful and, and it's so um it's such a great opportunity for them because lots of them wouldn't ever have the nerve to do their own exhibit you know and say oh i'm gonna exhibit my work but um but once they've done it in spark then we often have later on they'll they'll you know kind of grow up and and they'll they will do their own exhibit but yeah everybody loves the student exhibits and i'm i can't wait i haven't seen the task one yet this year but um i also find what's fascinating is their subject matter is very very different you know um if you look at at our octogenarians and then you look at our students and and you know we have everybody in between but their subject matter is is um you know so very different in their perspective so it kind of gives you this this uh, you know i through this the you know the the lens of a teenager um is very different from you know what i would take what you would take or you know what our seniors would take
0: right i if i like this is a high generalization but uh i guess i i notice if i was to say one thing that's kind of prevalent in a lot of exhibitions is nature which is going to be kind of expected for for our area um and i guess to like uh kind of i think outside too like one thing one photographer who is the previous decade anyway was pretty big was uh uh edward Bertinsky of like his way of capturing aesthetic beauty and things that actually were kind of are kind of ruining our planet at the same time but uh, yes but um I don't know is is there something about i know you think about um, I guess the issue of like uh, capturing um an aesthetic beauty before an actual like a lot of the like images I see in this year's ex- ex- exhibition they seem to be like, just nature by itself like there's no kind of like interference kind of thing so sort of just sort of capturing nature but is is that uh like for perhaps the sake of it being aesthetically really beautiful and eye-catching but not really a portrayal of perhaps what is like actually happening in our environment sort of thing. You know what? We
1: have some of both,
0: honestly. Um,
1: And and it's interesting because sometimes when you just see the photo... Mm -hmm you think, oh, that's just a pretty picture. But then when you hear the story behind it, and that's part of the um interesting thing about the art and, and photography as art is there is a story behind the fo- photos. Some of them are just a beautiful picture of a sunset. People mm-hmm. like that. People like to say, oh, you know, I would like to be there in that location. I would like to, you know, oh, that I remember seeing a sunset like that. It was pretty. Um, Lots of times that's very commercially sellable art. So mm-hmm. so people, you know, that want to sell their canvases, want to sell their prints, um, those ones sell because people, you know, like to have that kind of art on their walls. Um, not everybody, not everybody does. But we do have um, you know, in particular Tim Bellhouse, his exhibit is at um at uh Hortha Art Gallery in Lindsay and his is called In and Around Our Wetland and it is he lives on a provincially significant wetland and his whole commentary is about these things are very beautiful but if we don't protect them we won't have them anymore and Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what his statement um, that goes along with his beautiful images you know that's what it's all about same with um, Corinne Ford Forrester hers is called Arboreal Observations and she's got these digital over So she's got birch bark with a birch tree, and uh, they're digital overlays, and they're just stunning. So looking at it, you know, face on, it's just like, wow, that's a gorgeous image. Um, But her commentary is also, these trees are important to us. And these trees are important to our environment, and they're important to our people. And if we don't, you know, observe them, and you know understand how important they are we're going to lose them and, and we are going to s- destroy our planet so um that's one of the things on our website and on our app we have those stories that are written out when you go to see the exhibits there's a sign you know and i hope people read the signs too because um because our art- artists have put a lot of thought into their into their captures and um, another one is called Serenity and it's at Elmhurst Resort. And yes, it's a lot of just beautiful nature pictures, water and rock and sunsets and and lakes and things um, and wildlife. But again, it's uh, sort of a commentary that, you know, we maybe we need to be out in nature and appreciating nature and, and getting some serenity from nature to deal with everything else in the world right now. So, um, so not only is it some pretty pictures, but it's, it's sort of a reminder to, to, you know, take, take in nature, you know, they've been doing all these studies that people that have spent out time outside time during the pandemic are much healthier mentally and and physically than those people that, you know, aren't getting time outside. So, um, so just by, and you know what, even from a, you know, a, Habit perspective going out, I find I take my camera, I go out and I'm stalking ducks and you're know, wanting to take their photo. I'm not thinking about anything else around me except capturing that moment and capturing that look of you know that duck so for that time I'm not worried about work I'm not worried about you know contracting COVID um I'm just focusing on nature and and um and I think that you know part of it of photography um from from being a photographer taking taking the time to to do that as a hobby and also taking the time to appreciate it really you know is it's a bigger okay this is really cheap. But there's a bigger picture there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad you're mentioning that too about uh, how, like, there's a there's a story behind every exhibit, and it, it's a yeah. If you really look in depth, it's it's uh, it's more perhaps than meets the eye. Um, exactly.
1: We, we we're getting uh, all the cliches. Yeah, that's right. We are.
0: We are perfect on it. Um, so just back to this juried exhibition that's at uh, Chasing Chasing the Cheese. Um, yes. is there, is there any, um, certain, uh, submissions or any sort of, uh, like, uh, works that sort of, uh, sort of stick in your, stick in your mind from that, from that experience uh, or what's, what's um, on right there.
1: What I found so fascinating, um, just, it was very much a summation of any subject can be the subject of a photo. Um, yeah. we had, so for instance, our okay then I can reveal the the secret because I haven't announced it on social media yet right so our top four winners so of the 25 that get printed um we have a whale we have um you know a typewriter an old-fashioned typewriter we have a, a glass that's sort of all hues of blue and the the liquid is angled um and like such a variety of subjects that, um, they're all monochrome technique, but the the subject matter is just so wide. So for example, in our top four winners, our honorable mention was by Laura Jude DeWolf and it is, um, image of Grand Central Station, sort of a bird's eye view image inside Grand Central Station. And there's some sort of intentional blur um, with the movement. So that is, you know, such a such a scene, you know, everybody mm-hmm. can kind of imagine that, um, you know, in your mind's eye. And then our third place winner is called um, Pinch Hitter. And it's by Katie Element, one of our local paper photographers. And it's a little boy and it looks like a vintage image, but I believe it's a current, you know, it's current. It looks like it might be from the fifties and it's a little boy with chubby cheeks and he's kind of sitting pouting and wearing a baseball uniform and, and uh, baseball hat. And he's, you know, perched with his baseball bat and it's, um, you know, just, it just captures that sort of that feeling of this, you know, maybe he's like four, um, four-year-old little boy. So we go from Grand Central Station to a portrait. um, And then in our third place, or second place is a a Toronto photographer named Jack Loughran. And his is called Close Encounter. And it's an old um, kind of dilapidated building, but it's a sky. So it's a night photo. And uh, so you see stars and, and it's just amazing because you're just immersed in you know, completely black and white, but you can imagine the, the night scene. And then our best in show is Randall Romano, who's from Duro. And his is a street photography image called Financial Shuffle. And it's people standing on the sidewalk and it's all you can see is their legs and their shadows. And it's obviously downtown Toronto. It's, you know, it's legs and feet and, and a sidewalk. So it's completely different than Katie's little cherubic, you know, pouty baseball player. Um, and completely different from Jack Loughran's, um, you know, night scene. And uh, so I think that's what really captured me about the submissions from the monochrome and the 25 you'll see in the exhibit is they're just, they're so different. Um, and I don't know how the judges managed to narrow it down because you're, you were you were not comparing apples to apples on, on that, uh, on that challenge for sure.
0: Right. And it's uh Just uh, one or two more things, just so the, since you have so many entries in general for like uh, everywhere that you're putting them, it must be such like a quite a long process for you deciding like, you know what we're going to accept, where it's going and that sort of thing.
1: Well, you know what, something particularly unique about spark is we don't have any sort of um exception process except for the juried exhibit that one right. we accept everything but people want to submit but for our open call exhibits they're called open call because people anybody can register so there's a small registration fee it's pretty nominal but that covers signage and promotion um and you know administration um, most of our work is all done by volunteers most of our um everything is funded you know by our sponsors. So anybody can decide that they want to do an exhibit they do have to pay for the production themselves so they pay for the the um printing and and uh, mounting and and things but um what's really amazing is anybody can decide to do an exhibit so um it does take a long time we start you know once the festival's over we start planning for next year so mm-hmm. it does take almost a year i know we open our registration in sort of October, November and people start planning. Even photographers will start planning right after the, you know, April show, they'll start planning what's my theme going to be for next year. And then they either start collecting images or taking images. And so it's it's a year long process. And uh and I think, you know, some of the photographers print and print and frame in the in the very last week before the exhibit. <laughs> but some of them do spend months. And uh, I think what's really kind of funny is um you know, they'll, they'll spend months and months and months deciding on, on just which images, because, you know, imagine how many thousands of images people have in their collections and how to decide how many, you know, maybe 28 will fit on the walls, but maybe only six will fit on the walls. But how do you decide which ones? And I think that's probably the most time consuming part for, for people to put together their exhibits.
0: Right. Okay. And just, uh, finally, just, um, I guess we should know, uh, like. How long is the festival this year? Like, how long is it going on, Till? And uh, is there any important points uh, you feel we've missed about 2022 Spark Photo Festival?
1: Well, it goes through
0: April 30th.
1: And mm-hmm. uh, so we definitely encourage everyone to go out. I, you know, the neat thing is you can go out any day and there's going to be exhibits open. <laughs> Do check on the website and or the app. So the app is called Tarika. It's free to download. And the neat thing about the app is you'll be able to use it for different events and studio tours, and you can do a map. So you can favorite your um, exhibits you want to see, and then it shows them on the map, and you can even get driving directions. So you can make your own little tour. So do four or five exhibits in a day, or... Or Mm. you can, you know, go to one this, you know, on Tuesday, one on Thursday, one on, Mm. you know, three or four on Saturday. So you can really customize your own tour. So that's, I think, what, you know, is really great. And you have the whole month to do it. Um, That also makes it a lot safer. So we're not trying to crowd everybody into one festival space on one weekend. So I think it's a a very safe and accessible for people that are, you know, maybe being more cautious about being out, you can pick quieter times to go and visit the exhibits. Um, Do check for the Hours because every exhibit is open different days and different hours. And uh, we have a print brochure that you can pick up at the exhibit. So if you like old school maps, we have old school maps and the list of the exhibits on there. And those are available at every single exhibit space. And we're going to have them at the uh, Peterborough Corthos Tourism Visitor Center. Uh, There's lots at the library right now, right in the front uh, slot, brochure slot at the Peterborough Public Library. So pick up the brochure, check the website. We have an interactive map on our website. Um, Just, you know, get out there and and support the photographers. And my request is, if you're enjoying it, you know, send them an Instagram message or, or post on their their, um, their Facebook or their Instagram if they have it we have all of those contact informations on the websites and on the app. Um, photographers it, it sometimes it's a lonely sort of um, task because you're you're taking photos and you put them out there and if nobody tells you yes, I love this, you, you don't know and, and it's kind of one of those they're not doing it for the gratification but the you know to know that people are out enjoying their exhibits. Mm-hmm. Always help, and and we certainly appreciate all of the effort the the photographers and the venues have put into to bringing spark back back to the community. Yeah,
0: most oh, and definitely. everything is
1: free. I forgot the most <laughs> important thing everything is free. You know, every single exhibit is in a free um a public space that is free to view. Um the BIAPR Brain Injury Association Peter region is actually outside. So it's on it's in the window at on Charlotte Street so you can just you know see it as you're walking by. Um and yeah, just uh it's you know that's what also is you know really wonderful. It it, it is so accessible to uh, to everyone.
0: Right. No, that's, that's great to hear. And yeah, I I noticed too, a few of the uh, photographers have their exhibits upcoming this, this week, like coming in and speaking about them, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, Jennifer. That uh, really uh, enlightened me a lot on the photo festival itself and uh, what we have this year. And uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I'll be able to put it together, like I said, either by the fourth or the fifth, and I'll, I'll send Perfect. you a copy.
1: Excellent, okay. thank you. We'll share it. We'll share it with everyone.
0: Okay, Thanks so great. much for your time, Tim. No problem. Thank you. Okay. okay. Bye bye. Bye. Photography is one of those special, unique arts of our modern times that allows us to have it's accessible to us all. That's the major magic of it. It's accessible to us all and allows us to both capture what we have become what we want to be what we treasure and able to these days sort of play various jabs at it to aestheticize or beautify what we sort of treasure or what we hope will happen one day, a sort of mini utopia in a photo frame or on your photo, on your computer screen it's there. It just It's a way that I think painting was more of a grand representation of things photo is supposed to be the actual and even like as Susan Sontag says it's actually really not, it's a step away from it it's Plato's cave, there is light but it's not the actual total picture of things, there's shadows in the cave it's still a treasured kind of component of arts, it's highly unique and Spark itself, specifically the Spark Photo Festival is while it's done very well as Jennifer was explaining needs to be of anything treasured more and I hope all of you get out to it look up sparkphotofestival.org or use the app like she mentioned in the the interview a couple of times and you will not regret it not just in peterborough downtown peterborough but greater parts of peterborough county and the cawarthas so i hope you enjoyed that episode of corner of hunter and george hopefully i'll see you again soon you can listen to this again on apple and spotify and yeah I can't resist more of Oh You Pretty Things relating to the one exhibit shown at Black Honey that I was talking about with her Oh, man, he to oh you pretty Don't you know and Oh pretty, oh, pretty things Don't you know you're driving you're Your mind is, driving insane. insane Let me make it plain Gotta make way for the whole superior Look out at your children See their faces in golden rays Don't kid yourself, they belong to you They're the start of the coming race The others are bitch, we finished our news homo sapiens have outgrown their use all the strangers came today and it looks as though they're here to stay